North of the 54th. I'm Garrett Brown. I'm Preston Brown. And today we're trying something a little different. It's just Preston and I today. Yeah. We're going to share some memories of our own childhood. Yeah, we're going to share the early life memories of us. For those of you who don't know, Garrett and I are rather close in age. How, what are we, like 21 months apart? Like 20 months apart. 20, 21 months apart? Yeah. Born in 1990 and 1992. It's not too bad, but I mean, we're not going to give the whole background of like where we ended up and how we ended up there per se, because well, we sort of talked about that with other people. But we were born in uh, in Southern Alberta, in Lethbridge. But, you know, just a different time. But we ended up back basically growing up entirely north of the 54th. I was two when we moved back up there. And so Preston was, well, a wee lad. I have no memory of this place in Lethbridge. <laughs> yeah. I only have a couple of memories that I wanted to share. I remember the summer whatever that really means. I remember some sunflowers, some traffic. I went for a walk. I, I think it was with the babysitter, maybe. They let us push the button, you know, to cross the street. It's hard to say. I mean, I only really remember that I was in Lethbridge because we moved from Lethbridge to La Prise, which is like quite north, almost up by Fort Nelson. And the place was just so different compared to Lethbridge that my brain was like, oh yeah, these memories are very different. They are from a different place, you know, there's no traffic in Lepreece. So my memory of traffic in Lethbridge is there, but yeah, Preston, you don't really have any memories there, do you? No, any memory I would have would be a fake memory or a story that other people have told me. Yeah. I do know Grandma Jane has more pictures of you, Preston, when you were a baby than she has of me. She wasn't able to make it to Lethbridge when I was born, but she did when you were born. So I've looked through Grandma Jane's photo album and seen she had lots of pictures of of you while you were in Lethbridge, but yeah, probably because I'm better looking or something. Yeah, most likely, right? <laughs> yeah, I also remember we had a neighbor, you know, some kid who was maybe just older than Travis and Lisa, and I remember, or perhaps recalled, that they had one of those marble track towers. You have pieces of the marble tracks, and you stack it up and drop the marbles down, and they pass through the troughs and the swirls, and that was pretty exciting. But at the same time, not really something for a two-year-old to play with, because you know. Two-year-olds like to put things in their mouth. Marbles and all, not really that edible. Yeah. I think my most powerful memory, or like the strongest memory that I have from Lethbridge was there was a thunderstorm that passed through. You know, it's southern Alberta, prairie lands. You can get some decent thunderstorms. And we were sitting on the front porch with mom eating canned cherries, I assume. Or that could be fake memory. Don't really remember. What I do clearly remember, the nice crack of thunder, and I went running all the way under my bed because, <laughs> you know, I didn't have the constitution to hold on to that. <laughs> it was, it was quite terrifying. So uh, it's quite memorable. Well, but, better to run to, yeah. the bedroom, run to the bathroom. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's really the limit of anything that I feel like I remember from Lethbridge. Like I agree with Preston, any other things that I, I would know, I think were stories told to me by other people. But then we moved. Yeah, we moved north. Yeah, I, I don't know what year we moved. Was it 93? Or oh, I honestly don't know. 94? I feel like it was before 94 because Katie was born in 94 in the north. So. Early, early, yeah, Katie was born early 94 in Fort St. John. Yeah, we, we don't have that memory because, you know, asking a couple of toddlers when they moved is uh, not going to give a very clear answer. So we moved all the way up to La Prise, which was like an oil camp. Yeah, do you have any memories from La Prise? Yeah, I don't think it was... Very difficult to find on a map. Yeah, I don't think it was like an official municipality, if you know what I mean. It's more of a region. Yeah, I've tried to look on Google Maps many times where La Prise is. 
and it's not very obvious to find. No, it's not. But I don't know what mile it would be on the Alaska Highway. Maybe 140-ish? Yeah, as a guess. Yeah. yeah. Stories from Dad, he, he had like some oil field job offer up there, and that's what took him and the family up there. But other than that, I don't know exactly where it is. I've never been back. Yeah, nor have I. Yeah, there are a couple vivid memories that I have of up there. One, uh, our dad shared the story uh, where he shot a bear while standing on the porch. It's quite terrifying. And I was very terrified to go up to the bear because even though my dad said it was dead, those teeth are still teeth. They're, they're pretty big. Uh, so it was quite terrifying. I also remember our dad has a a skill, I guess, that uh, I've never been able to to acquire where he can imitate the sound of like a chipmunk or a squirrel sound using his mouth and his cheeks. And he just makes this jittering sound. I'm not sure, but... That sounds like a squirrel. Yeah, it does. It sounds like a squirrel. Uh, and he managed to attract a squirrel and like grab it with his hands. And the squirrel, of course, didn't like it and chewed up his gloves. He had some leather gloves on and he showed us afterwards what the squirrel had done to his, his gloves and they were chewed up quite a bit. I also remember that. I guess one of those things when dad's home and you're just playing with dad outside and you're interested in a squirrel because you're three years old. So, Yeah. I don't really have any specific memories from La Prise. I do remember, I don't remember moving, but we went to live with our mom's dad who had a ranch off mile 121. And I remember living there in his log cabin with him. And we were all upstairs in the loft, like all four yeah. of us kids. And I think you and I shared a bed and Travis and Lisa shared a bed, yeah. like a twin-sized bed. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we had bunk beds because I certainly remember falling off. I have a scar um, from falling off the bunk bed. Yeah, I remember your teeth going through your lip or something like that. Yep, it was quite unpleasant. I guess, you know, those were days of the bunk beds had no rails. So if you're rolling too much, you just roll right off. Even the loft didn't have rails. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The loft didn't even have rails. I remember a few times when company would come over and, you know, adults would be chatting and such, and we were supposed to be in bed. A one-room building. <laughs> it was basically one room with a mezzanine that was dividing it all. And so we were, like, upstairs in bed, but uh, sometimes they would try and sneak down and see who was there or see what was going on, and I'd, like sneak up as much as possible to poke my head over the mezzanine down to look at the main room without trying to get caught. But I'm sure the light glow off of my, my face was did give away that I was there. I remember it being so muddy there. It must have been spring, this memory. But mud was just like unreal. And we'd have to go outside and play in the mud because play is fun. Like we'd all have to come back to the cabin to get washed. And mom had this big 10 tons that she would heat water on the propane stove and then just fill it up water and just and then you could just drain the tub and then store the tub it wasn't like it was set in place or anything yeah i remember the tub too yeah i also remember our cousins coming over to visit uh coming up from fort st john so this is jim and pam's kids and i assume jim and pam as well you know in a log cabin with no running power or plumbing we definitely used an outhouse and it was quite a novel thing for them to use the outhouse to. But it wasn't very close. Yeah. I don't know if I remember this or as the stories. But like, night, it's dark out. Yep. Flashlight. When you got to go to your toilet, drop the flashlight down into the pit in the outhouse. That's right. And then they went back to get a second flashlight from the house. And that ended up in the pit, too. <laughs> yep. Two was companies. You got to make sure that there's enough light down there to see each other, I guess. Yeah. It was frustrated parents in the morning <laughs> going down there and rescuing the lights. I think they would just get sacrificed. 
<laughs> they weren't my flashlights, but I was pretty young, so I don't remember the details. Do you remember the dog we had named Duke? Yeah, I do. Uh, he was, I guess. I, I remember vaguely Duke. I don't remember playing with him much. I don't remember playing with him much, but I remember when he died, I come back from something and I drove in and like the wolves had killed the dog. Yeah. And dad being as he was, not going to leave the dog where it was, like on the road or in the field. Yeah. And so he just picks it up and like puts it on the hood of the truck. It's like, you know, these things, these things happen. Like, yeah. That was a bit of a sobering experience as a kid, a young kid, I think, you know, you see the dog has been killed, but like those are ravenous for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little traumatizing. One of the things that like strong emotions make for stronger memories. Yeah. That's definitely a true point. And the Duke's body was. I think it was cold enough out. It seemed stiff, but he may not have been frozen. Maybe it was just... Rigor mortis? Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't remember the time of year that was. Yeah, I think Dad said it was November time or something. But yeah, we... I think we mentioned before when we were talking with Emma that Travis and Lisa started homeschooling when we were there, but then we eventually moved to 101. A blink and you miss it spot on the mile 101 of the Alaska Highway. Yeah, exactly. 101 miles from Dawson Creek, British Columbia. Yeah. Not spelled the same, though. Yeah, not spelled the same. But we lived at the north end of town, more or less. Town. I guess that's a generous word. It's the north end of the hamlet. <laughs> the hamlet. We lived right on the highway, though, didn't we? There was a frontage road. Yeah. And like four or five bi-level split houses. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And we lived at the top of the hill. Yeah. I remember especially because I was learning to ride a bicycle at that time. And there was a little mound, like a, I think a little grassy mound in front of the house. There were some trees sort of at the beginning of the driveway. And then I would try and ride the bike down towards the house, sort of down this little hill. It was nothing more than like a two or three foot drop from the top of the hill towards the house. And then when I got confident enough, I tried going down the bigger hill, which was much less successful. We, oh, well, I at least fell over many times and onto the gravel, scraping up elbows and knees, like nice long sheet scrapes of, of gravel in the arms and having to go back inside and getting the rubbing alcohol or hydrogen peroxide or something put on it and feeling the sting, trying to be better so I didn't fall again. Yeah. I wasn't old enough to ride a bike, or at least I don't remember riding a bike at 101. But I remember Travis went down the hill, the little gravel frontage road grade. Yep. And like he went down. And I remember, right, he had to go get stitches in his head, his forehead. I think it, we may have... Hmm, it's a hard memory. I mean, like we're playing with memories at like four or five years old for Travis and I and I guess what you would have been two or three no i think it would have been four four because oh, so i was five or six. yeah because okay. we moved to gp in 97 right before my right. fifth birthday oh right yeah so i think we were all piled in a wagon oh was it a wagon that's even that's even a better story <laughs> and then the wagon tipped forward and we were all like travis was at the front of the wagon and we probably had piled on to like roll down some hill and then it caught and flipped because it was top heavy and travis was in front and then I assume I, and maybe you, maybe even Lisa, like we all just piled on top of him in the crash and his head just got scrunched into the gravel quite unpleasantly. <laughs> That's how I remember it. But, you know, stories are stories. That's the real Covenant Hobbs moment. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It was a nice, I don't know, maybe nice is the wrong word. It was a memorable neighborhood. I do remember that there was a butcher shop, like a, a meat processing, or a fellow that ran a butcher shop just not far away. I remember, I think he, he had a little girl that was your my age, and they had like a little pony there. I remember going for pony rides at his little ranch there or something. 
Oh, man. I don't recall. No. But uh, I just remember the distinct smell of a butcher shop, you know, like an abundance of raw meat and cleaning and stuff like that in his building there. Yeah, yeah. Like that smell is a strong memory. When I smell like a butcher shop, it's like, I know I'm in a butcher shop because of that memory. Yeah. Oh, wow. I remember our neighbor, the one I think the ones right next to our house. I recall that I think there were three, like mom and dad and a kid. I think the mom had a wooden leg. I'm not sure. I think I'd remember a wooden leg if I see him, but I don't. But I, yeah. With the son, he was a little bit older than us, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I remember him. <laughs> I remember him telling us that when he was going to be older, he was going to smoke because it was cool. And I was like, "What's smoking?" Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like I just no idea of the concept, and it's like. Okay, okay, buddy, I guess you're pretty cool. <laughs> telling <laughs> telling five-year-olds that you're going to be a smoker when you're an adult. I don't remember who they were, but those were sort of like the impressions that I felt. And of course, you know, I may not be remembering correctly at all anyway. Um, I, one thing I do remember about the neighbor kid is we were out, because like the school was not very far away, right? The elementary school? Yeah, it was down the hill. And then you like make a right, go through, cross the intersection, and it was like right there. Yeah, and I remember it was, it was wintertime. We had a big snowfall. And we like went and go play at the park and the neighbor kid come. But then like he played the trick on me where it's like, here, stand under the spruce tree. And then he kicked the tree and the snow would just, woof, just come down off of you, right? <laughs> yeah. Because here I am at like four years old. I don't know anything. I'm just naive as, as a four-year-old. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everywhere. I do remember that. I do remember like big snowfalls we had up there and playing in the snow at the playground park. I don't remember. That particular incident, I mean, I you know wasn't the one who got tricked into having snow dumped on them, but I do remember playing broom ball on the little ice rink at the school there. I felt like, I mean, I still can't really skate. New shock, not all Canadians can skate, but I remember playing broom ball and realizing that I was pretty good at defense if I just fell down <laughs> when it came. <laughs> you know, not really knowing that like, oh, maybe if I fall down, it's like I have much more area to cover as a, as with my whole body instead of just my feet, but. I do remember enjoying some bit of broom ball in the winter time there. Yeah, I was just too young to go to school there, but I remember after we moved, I went to school a few months later. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I remember you starting kindergarten in Grand Prairie. I was the first one to go to kindergarten, wasn't I? I do remember going to kindergarten in 101. I remember, it's hard to say, like, I, I don't really remember a time not knowing how to read. Maybe because when I learned how to read, that's when I started forming ideas and concepts that form memories. Good thought. <laughs> but I remember in kindergarten being able to read and they would give us some books because, I mean, it was a two-room schoolhouse and there were like three or four kindergarten kids, three or four grade one kids, three or four grade two kids, and three or four grade three kids, and one teacher. And so she's trying to manage a classroom with such vastly different age and skills. So I remember being set to read some books with the turn the page at the twinkle sound and being frustrated like because I could read the whole page. And then I guess I would be sitting there waiting for the, the twinkling sound to indicate that I should turn the page when, you know, I was like, oh, this thing is so slow. I've been waiting here for ages to turn the page. And, oh, I mean, I, I could have just turned the page. I didn't have to wait for the twinkling sound, but I guess I felt confined to, you know, I have to listen and wait for this twinkling sound. And then when I went to grade one in the same room, there was a change of curriculum for the kindergartners because they got nap time and I didn't get nap time as a kindergartner. But I was, one, jealous, and two, frustrated, because I would just look over, you know, same room, look over at these kids who were in nap time, and they're just lying on these, like, exercise mats, just chatting to each other, not not doing anything. It's like, you should be sleeping, it's nap time. 
such judgment from a first grader. Yeah, I do have a memory from the school. I remember going there for like a Christmas activity. Oh, nice. And there was like presents and games and things like that. I just remember like the one or two room school it was. But there was like a bunch of like inexpensive child games that were there. And the one I remember the most was it was a battery operated fishing pond and the it would spin. Fish would kind of come up and open their mouth and had little magnets in them. And you had like a little plastic fishing rod with a magnet on a string. And you had to catch the fish as it was going around. Do you remember those? I haven't seen those in ages. Yeah, I do remember those games. Yeah, like it's a popular game from the 90s. Yeah. I don't know why they don't make, I haven't, I haven't even looked for them anymore, but like it's good for any, any kid age, I guess. Yeah, I don't remember the Christmas party, but I do remember those games. I do remember, though, that Grandma and Grandpa Brown would come up and visit us, right? Because they were living in Fort St. John. Yeah. And they definitely brought up a Super Nintendo. And that was sort of my first foray into video games, watching Grandma and Grandpa play Tetris and Dr. Mario. Grandpa loved Dr. Mario, and Grandma loved Tetris. Grandpa would play Dr. Mario on slow, and he would just go higher and higher in the levels. He'd start at level 20, and then he would just go all the way up to like the 50, level 50, level 70 or something, just going through it. And Grandma would play Tetris, and she... I guess then that maybe grandma had faster reflexes because yeah. she was pretty good. She got up to like level 12, level 13 of that classic Tetris. And it gets pretty hard, pretty fast when you get up there. You eventually have to lose on that game. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, yeah. You'll always eventually lose. I remember mom used to do lots of puzzles, like big, like thousand, two thousand piece puzzles. Yeah. And I remember like I wasn't in school and neither was Katie or Loretta because they're both younger than I. Yeah. But like. I'll help mom with the puzzles, which we were probably pretty useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did she do them in the basements? I thought we did it on the, on the table. The kitchen table? Yeah, probably. We, mom used to have a big board, like a plastic cutting board. Yeah. Or maybe it was plywood, and then you just move it off the dining table when we were going to eat dinner. Oh, yeah. I do yeah. remember the cutting board. It was like a big sort of like frosty plastic. Yeah. Yeah, so you just keep the puzzle intact without having to box it up. But then after we'd finished, we'd put packing tape on it. Yes, I remember to, that. To keep it together and then put it on the wall as like an art piece. Yeah, it's a much cheaper way to get art. <laughs> Build it yourself. <laughs> yeah, dude, Ikea art. <laughs> I remember the house that we lived in. I think you would walk in and the kitchen was like it would split. You could go straight downstairs or you could go up a little bit, I think. And the, and the kitchen was immediately on the right. Yeah, the kitchen was immediately on the right, or you could go straight through into the living room. But they had like a dividing wall between the kitchen and the living room, but it was just a wall. And it you could go around and around in a circle or like an oval. Yeah, I do remember that. Anyway, I remember being in the kitchen and I had snuck a cookie. And, you know, I guess as a four-year-old or five-year-old, I wasn't, you know, supposed to sneak a cookie without asking. And mom came in and she's like, did you sneak a cookie? And, you know... As a parent, it's even more obvious to now. But like at the time, I was like, how did you know I snuck a cookie while I was chewing a cookie? Like, like, so I probably had like crumbs on my face and my jaw was moving up and down. And it was just sort of like this realization that, oh, maybe there are external clues that when I'm eating, it's obvious I'm eating. <laughs> it's more like self-realization of how the world works and how things work. Um, one thing I remember about the kitchen is we used to have milk in like these big one-gallon jars. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, glass jars, right? Yeah, big glass jars. Yeah. With like a quite a wide lid. And I don't know if we used powder milk or if there's a dairy farm somewhere where we get milk, but we never bought milk. I don't ever remember buying milk as a young kid. Yeah. Anyways, I pulled a jar out of the fridge. It was probably like three quarter full and I dropped it. 
Sonic is four. <laughs> and that was a heck of a mess. Because <laughs> now you got like three liters of milk on the floor and then glass everywhere. Yeah. Mom was reasonably unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of understand that sentiment too. You have the problem where you have to dry up the spill, but you also have shards of glass, which you don't want to be caught up in a towel or something. So you have yeah, quite a sticky problem. At least it wasn't sticky, I guess. But I guess if you left it, it would become sticky. Yes. Probably milk going underneath the fridge. Under the fridge, under the cabinets even, or that much would go anywhere. Yeah. I don't remember details of the cleanup, but I do remember spilling a lot of milk. Yeah. I also remember we didn't have a toaster where you just like put the toast in and push the lever down. So mom used to just toast bread in the oven. Yeah. And she forgot about it one time <laughs> and like smoked up a lot of the kitchen. And the toast was like so black. Remember the oven like getting opened up and the smoke just like, right coming out of the oven. <laughs> and like mom pulling out the pan and just like throwing the whole pan outside. <laughs> out <the> front door. <laughs> I don't know if it was summer or winter, but like, Man, I just remember the toast was so black. It looked like charcoal in a wood fire, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. Not a great smell, probably. Probably one of the days when it was, maybe I was at school. Yeah. Which you would go to school for most of the days, even if it was only for like five or six hours. Yeah. Three or four days a week. Yeah. And I remember distinctly having, when I was in kindergarten, that some nights were school nights and some nights weren't. I think we went like Monday, Wednesday, Friday or something. I do remember going to the hospital to visit mom when Loretta was born. I don't know if you remember that. Not really, no. For some reason, it's a distinct memory for me. I remember it was, I don't know if we drove into town that night or in the morning or exactly what happened, but I remember being at the hospital with mom in the morning and the family. Yeah. And the sun just coming up because it's like December, early December, right? So the days are short. <laughs> Yeah, so that's and going to come up at noon. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But yeah, later in the day. Anyways, like, you know, mid, mid-morning, mid the sun's like come up. And I remember it coming through the window. And I remember visiting with mom. And mom having Loretta in her arms just after, like, giving birth. Yeah. But uh, that would have been in Fort St. John Hospital. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been, Loretta was born in 95, wasn't she? Yeah. I don't remember very much. I mean, I remember going to Fort St. John for church. Oh, yeah. But I think most of the memories was like, I don't know what mile it was. Maybe like mile sixties or something. There was like some big Paul Bunyan off the side of the road. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A little like parked restroom area kind of place along the highway. Yeah. Yeah. I know the people in Fort St. John know that generally know that much better than I do. Because even when I lived up in Fort St. John, as is most often the case, whenever you live somewhere, you typically don't have a lot of reason to go farther north. Usually you end up going south. Yeah. I do think that's interesting. Like most places in North America, no matter which way you go, you're going to go towards another big area of civilization, right? Yeah. Most cases. But usually within Canada, if you're in like the upper part of civilized Canada, where the majority of people live, you usually don't go farther out than that. Yeah. And the peace country is just a part in Canada that actually is quite quite north that is reasonably populous, you know? Yeah. The same heights of places in, uh, not really in Saskatchewan or Manitoba. And not Quebec either. Yeah. But I have looked at like the old world, like Russia and and there's like mm-hmm. huge cities that are farther north. Oh, especially and, in the Nordic countries. Yeah. The Nordic countries and then in the Russia as well. There's many cities, big cities that are like quite north. Yeah. But yeah, the, the Nordic countries are warmer than the Peace River country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do remember going on a road trip. I think we still lived in one one at the time. I think we went down through Alberta all the way to get down to Kalispell. I think. 
the brief out, the blue truck, I think it was Grandpa's truck, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. And then didn't have a holiday trailer, did we? We may have had the holiday trailer. I don't know when Dad got it. The blue truck had a, had a canopy on it. That's right. He had a canopy. I remember you, Travis, and I used to ride in the... There was like a... Dad built a pretty much a board shelf in the upper part of the canopy. Yes. And you could go through the sleeper window at the back of the truck to the canopy. And as young kids, we could fit through there. Yep. And there's just like a blanket or something back there. And that's where we would ride. Yeah. On like this international road trip. Yeah. The three sisters were in the back seat. And then, of course, mom and dad were up front. Yeah, I do remember. But yeah, he had inflated an inner tube in between the canopy and the cabin to insulate it a little bit and probably keep down the road noise. Yeah. One of the things I remember is that we went down and we got to like the Southern Okanagan. And I remember hearing the rattlesnakes and just being like petrified. Like, I can't. I can't go anywhere because I think at the time, I don't know, I probably had seen True Grit or something with the, the John Wayne one. And I was just <laughs> absolutely terrified of rattlesnakes and what they were capable of. And so they were probably some, I don't know, I've never seen the rattlesnakes in the Southern Okanagan, but yeah, I was just they are there. But we came up, yeah, they are. Yeah. So if you know, if you're going, watch out. But And then we came up through Prince George and in Prince George, dad bought Donkey Kong Country for us for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. He bought, he bought the Nintendo. Super Nintendo Donkey Kong Country combo pack, right? It's like you buy the console and the Donkey Kong Country game comes with that. Yeah, maybe, I don't remember sure, but we definitely got Donkey Kong I remember Country. remember stopping to buy that in Prince George. That's my only Prince George yeah. memory. Me too. I, I don't ever remember going through Prince George ever again at any other time. That's the any only memory time. I have is getting Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, Donkey Kong Country. But I remember on that trip, we went through going to see the Sun Highway, didn't we? Or no. Yeah, in uh, Glacier National Park, Montana, and we go up that, yep. go through the Logan Pass there. I do remember going through that. It's not very peace country. Yeah. Related, like That was really exciting for us as a kid. Yeah. I mean, we were living in the peace country at the time, and we had gone down a trip to Kalispell. I do remember going down to Kalispell, and like, we had crossed into the United States. And I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's a testament to like where my mind was at the time as like a four-year-old or five-year-old. But we'd crossed into the United States, and then I was like, do they speak a different language here? Like, do they speak French in the United States? <laughs> it's like, am I, am I going to be able to talk to people? <laughs> no, no, it was English. Yeah. yeah. But I bring up the road trip because we, we got back, and I remember struggling so much to, to beat Donkey Kong Country because it was a difficult, it's, you know, it's a platform game, but it was difficult. And I remember beating King K. Rule finally at the end. And being so excited that I pretended to pass out and I like fell over backwards and hit my head on some hard plastic toy that was lying behind me that I didn't see. But... And almost actually passed out. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, because yeah, I do remember playing a lot of Donkey Kong Country in, in 101. Yeah. Another memory, speaking of that road trip, I remember Mama that had this old white pickup that was an extended cab truck. And it was a it was a bench seat in front and then a small bench seat in the back. Us four older kids sat in the back. Katie sat in the middle by the transmission, and yep. Mom held Loretta. Oh man, I don't know if you remember that. That's probably the truck that got rolled or something because there's a we. That was the truck that rolled. Yeah, I do remember the truck rolling in the wintertime. I don't think I remember that, but I know Lisa and Travis remember that. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I typically, as dad would tell, tell us or tell me at least, uh, I didn't sleep very much in cars when I was younger. But I kind of remember waking up a little bit like hanging because <laughs> the car, the truck had rolled. And so it was on the side 
and I was just like in my seatbelt or something on the left side of on like the driver's side of the truck and it was on the passenger. Like I think it rolled onto the passenger side and I was just like hanging. Like, oh this is I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Unfortunate. Like I, I probably didn't have the vocabulary to say what was going on, but it was quite something. I'm glad we were okay. Yeah. I remember once I think we were on our way to Fort St. John with mom. Dad must have been working or something. But we didn't make it very far and the vehicle broke down out just south of one oh one. Yeah. And this was well before cell phones were popular. <laughs> yes. We walked back to 101. Yeah. Which probably was only like a kilometer or two. It probably wasn't very far, but man, it seemed like a long ways at that age. Yep. And it's just like forested highway. Yeah. I just remember walking along the highway. Yep. Yeah, it's a long walk. I do remember Travis and Lisa and I playing with some friend. I don't recall who the friend was. They must have been from school, I assume. But we had gone down to the school, I think, to play on the playground. And then we were heading back. And right, so from, from our house, we would go down the frontage road and then turn right and go through a T-junction intersection, like a four, four-way four stop. And then the school was, I think, just there on the left. Yeah. But when we went back, the friend or Travis and Lisa or somebody had the idea to not go through the intersection and then turn left on the frontage road and go back up to our house. But they turned left at the intersection and went behind our houses. And I guess I was slow or following or younger. I'm not sure. But I lost them. I didn't see that they had turned to go in between like a gap in the trees to go home. And I followed this road by myself to the end of the road, which probably wasn't that far. It was probably only like half a mile, maybe a mile at most. But I kept thinking to myself, like, surely I would catch up to them. Surely I would be able to see them if I if like I kept going. But then the road ended and it was like, OK, I am pretty sure they did not go this way. <laughs> and so I turned around and I went back and I found the gap in the trees when we got close to our house. And I went through and they were there. And it's like they didn't even notice I was gone. Like, thanks, guys. <laughs> Didn't even know you were gone. Yeah. I guess I was more of a middle child at that point. You know, Christmas 1996 is my first Christmas memory. I do remember waking up, having the Christmas tree on, opening presents. And I remember we all got distinct pajamas. They were just like a nightgown pajama, you know, like a kind of a dress wear. Oh, yeah. That's right, yeah. I remember Travis had a blue one. Lisa had a pink one. Yours was green, I think. Mine was yellow. Katie was purple. I don't know if Loretta got one because she would have been like a year old. <laughs> yeah. But we each got a pajama. I don't know if mom made them or, or Santa brought them. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't remember, really. I do remember yours being yellow, though, now that you bring it up. Or, you know, this is just another, like, trigger of false memory of some kind, but, <laughs> yeah. I remember I got Hot Wheels for Christmas. That year, too? Yeah, that year. It was just a little oval track and it was the one where it had the rubber wheels. You put, like, diesel batteries and the wheels spin. And that car just yep. it just shoots the car and comes around and it shoots the car. Yep. I remember Dad helping me put that together. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars are pretty great. Anyway, to have a track that sh- shoots them around for you is even better. Yeah. I think I remember a little bit of Christmas 95, only because we got quillows or like blanket pillows, quilt pillows from Grandma. I do remember getting that, actually. I still have mine. Yeah. I only recall that it was 95 because the pillow was had Garrett. 1995 on it. <laughs> written 95 on it <laughs> and so for the for the decades more later that i you know had it i like oh yeah that was from 95 even though i don't really specifically remember the christmas itself yeah i think was that great grandma that gave us those or grandma jane i don't know if it was great grandma or grandma jane i still have that oh mine got i might still have mine but it got really really beat up because i used it extensively 
I remember James uh, telling me. Uncle James? Yeah, Uncle James. Uh, yeah, because we, we got, so there was one point, I, I guess for Christmas possibly, and we got like stuffed bears, like teddy bears for Christmas. And I think we also got like dinosaurs that had sort of like movable appendages. They were, you know, sewn tightly, stuffed full. But I think James, maybe James and Debbie had made them. And James was saying that many years later, James told me that he had like a bleeding thumb from trying to push the needle through those those things to like sew them together. I don't know if you recall them. I mean, these are like stuffed toys for children that, you know, you lose interest in a few years later and then they get shoved in a box and when you get pulled them out, it's like, oh, who's this who's? It's like, I don't remember. Like, oh, throw it away, donate them. Yeah, but I recall something similar. That's nice. So thank you, James and Debbie, if you made those for us. I'm sure it made my day at the time. And I did hold on to it for at least long enough to forget about it. Thanks. I think there are a couple more memories that I want to share. All right. I remember grandma telling us to like hop in the car once and we're like, grandma, it's not a car. It's a Suburban. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Then go get in the Suburban. And we are like all climbing in. And about that time, you know, possibly totally different memory. And that my mind has merged together. But we were climbing in the Suburban. And I remember going to Travis. Like we're climbing in, getting like seated and sit down and everything. I remember like Travis. It's like, Travis, can you hear what I'm saying? And then it was just silence because it was about that time that I discovered that I could have an inner monologue in my head, like a, like a thought process. I could mentally speak to myself in my own voice and nobody could hear me. And so I was like, Travis, can you hear what I'm saying? And then it was just like silence for him. And my own inner monologue is like screaming something. And it's like, oh, wow, this is amazing. I can speak and nobody can hear what I'm saying. Because, you know, I was discovering thinking. <laughs> That's mostly what 101 really was, like feels like to me is because it was so formative of right of like the very beginning of school, the very beginning of like really like for me, like feeling some independent thought on growing. I remember a track and field day at the school where we all had like races. I'm sure it wasn't a super competitive track and field day. It's not like we were doing anything amazing. We were probably doing three-legged races and stuff, probably even egg races, I'm sure. That was more like a, just like a fun field day. Real track and field. Oh yeah, real track and field, doing an egg race. I do remember though, lining up for a race and then going it's like go and then i was running and then i tripped like i remember my foot i don't know if it was my right or left foot but i remember my foot catching the back of my calf and just eating it just like totally biffed and fell down and just feeling like this strong emotion of injustice that it wasn't fair that this had happened to me and that we should redo the race because i didn't understand how to run or something stupid like that it's like i just you know i think once again like being a child and experiencing strong emotions making stronger memories. Do you have any more memories of 101 that you want to put down? Not a lot. I mean, I do remember other things, but those become even more vague. These ones, like these memories that I've shared today are stronger memories that I've reflected on over time and felt like I've learned life lessons from. There are other smaller things like, you know, looking out on my birthday and seeing snow or seeing a fox out the window. I do remember moving from 101 pretty well. I don't really know. No, I remember waking up at the Joneses, but I guess our new place. I remember waking up there too, but I also I don't remember getting there. But I do remember loading up and heading out with Dad. You, Travis, and I, and Dad went in the moving truck. But I remember before we left, one and one, we stopped at the gas station that's right there on the highway. The SO probably. Yeah, and then we bought Dad bought us some like uh, some lunchables, you know, <laughs> like a one meal snack for a kid, and we each had one, just like some cheese and crackers or something like that. Yeah. 
I remember our cousins, Jim and Pam, and their boys coming to help us move and get stuff in the truck before we headed out. But I remember when we left, it was already dusk. It was April, so like it's not the days were short, so we must have left pretty late. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we must have, because I do remember waking up then. I assume we were in like the addition part of the house on the green carpet or something. Yeah, we just slept on the floor somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that takes us up to leaving 101 and bring in 1997. Yeah, sometimes I reflect on sort of just the entire isolated experience of childhood. Right? Like you have no idea on what goes on around you. Yeah. You, you pick up some like pieces here or there, but I guess the I, I begin to understand a little bit more the reason why people write coming-of-age stories or you know have coming-of-age movies or loss of innocence sort of things just because the reflection on it is like quite astonishing that you would exist as a person in the world, but you really have no idea what the world is. And then you just like slowly discover it. It is a strange experience that you only get to do once. Yeah. And that's why everybody's experience is so different between like family circumstances, regional and geographic circumstances, cultural circumstances, and you can never live it. Yeah. Like even ours were you know, the same house, but just being almost two years apart makes the experiences so different. I guess then we could ask Travis and Lisa since they're twins, but I guess even twins have different experiences, different ways of thinking, different ways of experiencing things. You know, I never knew how isolated 101 was until I got older and started, like you say, understanding the world a little bit. And here we were in like 100 person community. Yeah. That was pretty far north in respects to most of the population of North America. Yeah, I think it's something that makes the peace country kind of special because it's home, even if you don't live there anymore. But that's partly why we wanted to do this podcast with you, because there are some really interesting things that go on when, well, the peace country is a really interesting place. And the experience that people have growing up and the perspective that they have and the, that changes as they get older, I think is really fascinating. And that's why we wanted to talk to people and interview them and learn what their story is. Yeah. Everybody has a different story. I've heard it said that everybody has a good story to tell. Everybody's story is so different. Even if you grow up in the same house, in the same era, your experiences and the way you perceive can be quite different. But peace country is a unique thing that I think of home. When people ask where I'm from, I say I'm from the Peace River country. Yeah. I always enjoy when I tell people that, like, oh, I'm from Alberta. And they're like, oh, are you from like, Calgary or Edmonton? It's like, no, I'm from north of Edmonton. Like, oh. It's like, yeah, so like 450K northwest of Edmonton. And they're like, oh, that's <laughs> much farther north. It's like, yes. Yes, the taxes are lower there. It's farther north. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get a northern living allowance for living up there. You can deduct tax on the CRA because you live far enough north. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And then, like we were saying before, at the same time, Grand Prairie is you know, kind of north, but Manchester is just as far north. Like the entire country of Scotland is farther north than Grand Prairie. Yeah. And it's just sort of astonishing sometimes how the different geographical areas make it uh, more livable or less livable, depending on whether or not you get that North Atlantic current that gives you some nice warm Caribbean waters. Yeah. You're completely at the mercy of this land for warm. Yeah. Although as a very pale, fair-skinned person, I must say that I do really appreciate the far north where the sun is not as strong and I don't get sunburned as easily. It's great. <laughs> I do miss that a lot. Anyway, I think we should probably wrap it up here today. Yeah. Thank you all for listening to our cheesy childhood stories, memories. Yeah. The bit of a ramble going through memory lane. We hope you like it. We're grateful for those who listen and for those who share this podcast with other people. 
If you want to email us more feedback or ask us questions, or if you do want to write in a story, we can share it. We can read out your story. Email us at lifenorthofthe54th at gmail.com. And thanks for indulging us in this slightly different format of just Preston and I. But we know there are lots of people in the peace country, so we're going to work our way through and interview them. Just stay posted and stay subscribed and you'll hear some more fascinating stories. Yes, thank you. I'll see you around, Preston. Yeah, I'll see you around, Garrett.